Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Getting It Out podcast. That was Filth is Eternal with Crawl Space. The track comes from their new album, Find Out, due out for release on September 29th via Monarch Heavy. Oh, Filth is Eternal, formerly known as Fucked and Bound, Bound and Fuck, something like that. Uh, they're based out of Seattle. Uh, this is, of course, a more uh, palatable name. Filth is Eternal. Though plenty disgusting, the track you heard rips. What would you call that? Crust, hardcore, a little death metal, something in there. Definitely punk for sure. Call it whatever you want. It's very cool. And I'm happy to hear that they've made the leap to a big label like Monarch and are going to be putting out a full length later this year. Again, September 29th on Monarch Heavy, the new album. Find out that track you just heard available now everywhere. It's called Crawl Space. Moving on. On this episode of the podcast, I've got an interview with Alex and Jamie, both of the band Horrendous, the Philadelphia-based death metal band that's not all based in Philadelphia. We'll talk about that a little bit, but mostly we're going to be talking about their new album, which comes out August 18th on Season of Mist Records. It's called Ontological Mysterium, and I've said it right like three times in a row now, and I'm proud of that. But first, Hot Zone. Check it! Make family out of friends, make friends out of enemies! These two my family make friends till the 
at some point in society, in culture, in history, in people, we decided things that were sick were good. It was probably around the time when uh, extreme sports were popular. The X Games, the MTV extreme sports version, whatever that was called. Chris Sen won the street competition the first year. I remember that. The Offspring played. So did Wu-Tang Clan. There was a half pipe. I don't know if anybody did anything on it. It was awkward, but it was fun. But maybe that's when people started saying sick out loud. And that's why I think of that time, because when I look back on history, recorded history, things that I've heard, things that I've done, things that I've been a part of, the earliest thing that was sickest, disgusting and awesome was this. Andre Romel Young. You might know him as Dr. Dre. That was his first verse on the 100 Miles in Running title track from the 1990 EP of the same name. And it's the sickest thing I've ever heard. The best rap verse ever. Not the best rapper by any means in NWA, but the single greatest verse. Now, you might say, hey, Ice Cube's not on this song. He's out of the band by then, out of the group by then. So it's not really fair. Maybe he just picked up the slack. I don't give a fuck how it happened. It is disgusting. Is it you? Are you one of the people that foolishly disagrees? There's no need to play you the full song, and it doesn't get any better than that. That's it. That's the pinnacle of rap music, to be honest. Uh, definitely Dr. Dre's career, though. The charts, the numbers, the fans, everything else would disagree with me. I don't care. That's when it was the best. A verse sick, disgusting, horrendous. The way in which we describe things that rule has changed over the years. And one of my favorite things is when things are so disgusting that we love them. Horrendous is a death metal band started in South Carolina, currently based out of Philadelphia, a little bit here in Virginia, sometimes in New York, but wherever they're at. They're kicking ass and taking names. The latest example is their new album, Ontological Mysterium. It comes out August 18th, courtesy of Season of Mist Records. I sat down for a conversation, a nice Sunday chat with members Alex and Jamie for a conversation about all things horrendous, but specifically the new record, their best one yet. And that's what I have here for you. But first... I should play you a track from that record. How about the title track, Ontological Mysterium from Horrendous, and then my conversation with the fellas.
I want to say that horrendous probably first got on my radar due to a Philadelphia bias that I'm very fond of is that decibel magazine seems to relentlessly cover Philadelphia metal bands, right? <laughs> like, like they would, you know? And, yeah. uh, I mean, I'm, I, I was I'm Sixers hat on right now. You know, I'm a I'm I'm a fan. So I remember, but I remember living in Baltimore at the time and having a subscription to Decibel magazine and getting and and that's where horrendous first came to my eyes and that's where I checked in. I remember finding sweet blasph- blasphemies at a dark descent distro table at a show in Baltimore, whatever. So and then like just being into it from there. And uh, so I've always really really excited when I see that you guys are coming out with a new record and uh, this one that I'm going to butcher the title. For well, this first first attempt, ontological mysterium. Perfect. <laughs> I'll never say it again. You can just call it OM or OM too. So, you know, whatever's go. easier for you. But anyway, so so I'm so I'm excited to talk to you guys about it. We'll be pretty quick, but uh, but yeah, I want to get into it. So, but tell me, so that's I don't know what year that is when you guys first hit my radar. When does the band form? How does the band form? Uh, so it was. I believe 2009 is when we start first started playing together. Um, Damien and I were <clears throat> in college together at the University of South Carolina. And um, we met pretty early. We just lived in the same dorm. And it, I just saw him was like, this dude probably is into metal just by the way he looks <laughs> like, you know, we just started talking and, you know, became friends freshman year. Um, and you know, we, never, we didn't play music in those first couple of years together, but uh, fast forward two years and my younger brother, Matt, uh, came to school as well, the same place. And uh, him and I just started playing because we, you know, him and I had been playing together since we were like, you know, middle school and just various mm-hmm. projects. We wanted to, you know, keep it going in college. And at one point we invited Damien to come play with us. Uh, and... Damien was always kind of a death metal guy. Matt and I probably less so at the time. Um, we, you know, we listened to stuff more like Maiden and Megadeth and et cetera, more classic type stuff. But we started messing around with some like death metal riffs with him and it just felt really good. And things just took off from there. Uh, within like a month or two, we wrote all of the demo and recorded it a couple months later. And that's just how things started, basically. Was the chills the first time that you guys started getting like attention outside of your area. Yeah. Like when we did the demo, I mean, dark descent and this defunct label skeleton plague, uh, actually put it out together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were really psyched just cause we were, you know, when your kids listening to music all the time, your dream is to put something out. So the fact yeah. that they did like a pro cassette, we just thought was the coolest thing on the planet. But you know, the, the scene I'd say wasn't as, obviously not nearly as large as it is now the interest in that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And also we were, you know, the, the local scene that we were part of in, in South Carolina was that time was like mostly like metalcore was what was big. I don't think there was another like metal band in quotes that wasn't mm-hmm. a metalcore band in the area. Um, so we would like still, we would play locally to like friends and like a couple of interested people would otherwise, you know, there was, there was pretty minimal interest. I'd say then when the chills came out, um, Again, it wasn't like a big burst in interest, but places like Decibel did pick it up and reviewed it and gave it a nice review, which again, we thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I think more ecstasis is when the interest became a bit more palpable, I think, when that yeah. came out. 
Well, it's interesting me to hear that it started out in South Carolina because I didn't I didn't know that part of it. I always considered you guys a Philadelphia band just based on what I what I know. And we're um, all from up here. Damien's from DC and the rest of us are from Philly, but just by chance we all went to school in South Carolina. And so that's why. It's interesting. Came and I, that, that is what, what, what you said, like metalcore. That's what I think about not only just then in South Carolina, that's probably what I think about now in South Carolina. Mm. Uh, Probably that's, it's that's, still bigger there. Yeah, I, I would so. like not in Philly, pr- perhaps, but in South Carolina. Now, like the genre of metal that's like had the the most longevity out of like every sub corner of <laughs> music, but somehow still massive in some places. Of the world. Big. I mean, right here, like we were talking about earlier, right here, it's massive. You know, mm-hmm. it's yeah, a lot right. of big, those bands come from right here. August um, Brands, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, Exorcist is is one that like blew me away still does i and you taught me vocabulary i uh, often i've used the word ectasis on this podcast as a question for i used to play this game where it was just called the pronunciation b where i would spell a word and they would have to say it back to me and <laughs> nobody gets ectasis right by the way it's a it's an undefeated word <laughs> the tough one that's yeah. hilarious <laughs> yeah when do you move it up when does when does it come when does you relocate back to philadelphia when you guys graduate uh, so Damien and I graduated. I moved to DC for a year, uh, doing like an internship kind of thing. Um, Damien stayed in South Carolina with Matt because Matt still had two more years to go, and Damien was just working a job, you know, out of school. We were separate like that for probably the next like three years or so. Um, so I think Damien and Matt both moved back up north around the same time, which was probably like 2016. 2015, 2016. Yeah, so we were separate. No. For, we were separate for a long time. Exorcist and Anaretta were recorded in periods when we were not living. At least I was not living near them. Yeah, that's also interesting because I th- again because I thought you guys were all around the same same place, but also because that feels like now it's now it's totally fucking normal to hear that people can live halfway across the world and write a record together. And and even though that's only what six, seven, eight, nine years ago. I feel like that wasn't as common back then to be doing the spread across, you know, several states. Yeah. And really we, we didn't, we didn't do much work, um, you know, over the internet. I, like I would go down, we would meet and play just sporadically. Mm-hmm. That's all. Like why didn't, they wouldn't like send me files online and stuff and I would learn songs or anything. It was all, we just did it when we could meet up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always find it as someone who was not, involved in the band at that time and can now knowing everyone so closely and thinking about this, I always find it kind of like an interesting model and, or maybe a good reminder for people to like that, you know, like it was a, it's a big deal, right. For a small band to go from like the demo place of sweet blasphemies to like, kind of like having a little bit of a dra- updraft and like support from major outlets for something like the chills. And it's like, yeah, like it's not just possible if you are, you know, like, together six days a week or you know like there's a lot of different frameworks for bands that can work and like and we've still dealt with this all the way into today like even like yeah i've lived in new been back and forth between new york and philadelphia for the past couple years and i I know like after post pandemic is a little bit more usual but damien's also been uh outside of philly this entire time he's been down in virginia dc maryland area um so you know and we still manage to keep things alive it's pretty cool to see that persistence to to see it pay off and keep going. And I think a lot of bands fold just based on people moving around and totally. uh, 
it's not not necessary, especially especially now. But so, Alex, when do you come along? So I've actually been trying to track this because now that we've been having some conversations, um, like it's been a while now. But I, I want to say it was Jamie. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is it like 2016? I think it was early 2016. Yeah, because you, your first show was that Decibel. Um, Choosing Death, Death, right? Choosing Death Fest in Philly, yeah. Which was 2016? I th- yeah, I believe so. Early, yeah. I think it was like spring 2016, I think. Sure. I, um, this is one of my favorite stories, but I, uh, I worked at this little coffee shop on 13th and Spruce in Philadelphia called Toast. It was owned by this like super rich dude. I was I had been in college for a very short time for a semester studying music, and then uh, I was just working day jobs and playing as much as I could. And I was really into like experimental music and improvising at the time. And I was working at this cafe and I was playing, you know, my music on the speakers. And Matt used to come have brunch with his girlfriend at the time, and you know he would walk in and he'd be he's he would always have these shirts on that I would recognize, and that kind of mm-hmm. kind of stuck stuck out like a sore thumb a lot of the time when he was there. Um, and yeah, one day I, I started, I literally like brought a plate of food to his table and I, he had a Voivod shirt on and I was like, I like your shirt. And I was playing some like Mingus or Charles Mingus or something like on the speakers. And he was like, I like the music you're playing. And it was like this weird thing. He was like, you like metal? I was like, you like jazz? Like blah, blah, blah. And he was like, he did the classic sort of musician thing of being like, uh, do you want to play? We should, we should get together and play sometime. Mm-hmm. And I, he took my number. I didn't think I'd ever hear from him, quite frankly, just because like, you know, that kind of thing happens all the time. But he hit me up and he came over and we played uh, a bunch. And uh, and I thought it was super fun. Uh, but this I didn't know anything about his band. That's what, that was my question was going to be. Did you know he was in a band? I knew he, he's mentioned that he was in a band, but he didn't say who he kind of like downplayed it almost a little bit, I would say. Uh, mm-hmm. And then you know, like maybe eight or nine months, this was in 2015 and like eight or nine months passed by. And he shot me a message on Facebook, just being like, Hey, we have the show coming up. We've been starting because horrendous played without a bass player for a long time mm. uh, as a, as a two guitar drum band. And he asked me if I could fill in for this gig, you know, like as far as I knew, it was just going to be a one-off thing, but here we are all these years later. And they're like, you know, some of my best friends on the planet. <laughs> and uh, yeah. And so like I wrote and recorded and I together, uh, with the band for Idol and and onwards from there. It's very cool. And uh, f- f- a couple funny things about the the t-shirt thing, right? Mm-hmm. First of all, I want to point out that all three of us as metal guys are all wearing white t-shirts right now for people who can't see this. <laughs> <laughs> no black t-shirts in this conversation right now, which I think is a, I think is an important thing to note. But also, uh, it's funny that like you, you know, you make the comment. I always see people in band shirts and there are fucking neighbors that I am in my block that I have never spoken to. But I one guy the one day, the one guy was wearing a Voivod shirt and the next day he was wearing a Death Angel shirt years ago. And I still haven't spoken to him. And I've just I'm like nervous about it. I want to be like, hey, man. What's uh, up? And, then, <laughs> and then like the uh, another guy I saw wearing like a Testament hoodie one day. And like, man, what what's going on here? Like, everybody's like quiet, but still, I can't bring it up. I'm too, it's the bat signal, social- man. This is like I'm your- socially awkward. I just saw there's a bar over here near my house. Uh, it's also near my work. I live and I barely go anywhere. It's like a couple block radius. And I was over there with my wife, and this guy walks in wearing a Marduk shirt and like a battle vest thing, and I was like, "Hey, nice shirt or whatever." And he totally like gave me like this "fuck you" kind of like. I was like, "Damn, I, I took my." I took my shot and this guy just shut me down. And so I'm glad to hear, I'm glad to hear it worked out for you. And it, does, it can, <laughs> you're still it doing, can. Yeah. 
They, uh, <laughs> similar, I, you know, to, to, on the same tip as the, uh, not everyone's always wearing black shirts. Not all metalheads are, uh, are sharp around the edges. There's some nice, <laughs> there's some nice ones out there. Yeah. It's weird. I don't know. I feel like if I was wearing a somewhat, I don't know, like we'll say a Marduk shirt, which I probably wouldn't be, but if I were and somebody like referenced that in public, I'd be like, Oh, Hey, you, you know yeah. about this, you know, but cool. whatever. So uh, to me, horrendous has always been like, and I think everybody says kind of the same thing has always been like a unique band in, in death metal. But like, I don't know why that is. I don't know how to, describe that to somebody if someone were to ask me what makes horrendous unique i don't know that i'd be able to verbalize it but it's something that i know that i know when i hear it uh what is it do you guys know what it is what what is the unique thing about horrendous in death metal Hmm. it's a really good question i i don't know i definitely have some thoughts yeah what do you think there's a, and there's a couple of things. I feel like there's a couple of approaches to this question, right? There's one that's sort of like a more abstract answer that is like about maybe things that are not very quantifiable. And then there's also some physical things that I think are maybe like easier to sort of like put down on paper as sort of like, you know, objective things that I think sets us apart. Um, I mean, one of the first things that comes to mind is that I, you know, like a lot of the death metal that's out there right now is sort of about being like super dark, super like you know like as low as possible like a lot of like slam and hardcore influence mm-hmm. you know it's a lot of like it's kind of like a, a tough feeling you know um and it's a lot about like riffs hitting you as hard as possible and like all these kinds of things which maybe we have some of that in the in the catalog of horrendous but you know like i feel like we're a lot more focused on sort of like there's a lot of melody in the band there's a lot of uh, influences outside of death metal. I think we're constantly synthesizing a lot of different things like into the environment of death metal and maybe just metal in general. Um, and we just happen to exist under the death metal label because of like the band's history, the fact that like there's growling vocals involved, like all these different things. Um, so like, yeah, I feel like there's an atmosphere in the band that is not, um, that doesn't, necessarily like fit the death metal bill a lot these days and then also just musically too like i think particularly the band is uh rhythmically focused uh which is not something that a lot i would say like a lot of other death metal bands are like really focusing on like i feel like we're super syncopated there's a lot of like i don't know how you would describe the rhythms but i think that they're like very groovy they're very like Feel like there's a lot of thought that goes into sort of like the phrasing of rhythms and that I think sets it apart. Um, I don't know. What else do you think, Jay? I do agree that I think sometimes, especially with our newer stuff, I almost think of it as like a lot of different influences kind of put through like a death metal prism almost like using death metal. I'll put language in quotes, but I'm, you know, I'm talking about the music, um, but to put forward other ideas that are not as commonly found in death metal. And I also think a lot of bands, like a lot of our contemporaries, um, tends to follow more along that, like cannibal corpse, incantation, et cetera, type immolation or whatever type of like, um, musical direction. And I think Mm -hmm. we don't do that at all. I think that probably sets us apart a bit as well, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think also to sort of like on the less quantifiable side, like I don't think there are any, I've never seen any other death metal bands that like perform or like are sort of like 
who have the kind of relationship to playing that we do. Like we do a lot of like improvising together. It's a very joyous occasion. It's a lot of like, I don't know. It's like, I feel like we're reaching for like ecstasy in music and not necessarily like doom, gloom, darkness, like heaviness. Like that's not really the goal for us. Like, I feel like we're like reaching, it's almost like we're reaching upward as opposed to downward, you know? Uh, I want you to feel like you just saw like a Judas priest set, like visually versus like, you know, <laughs> something like much darker. Yeah. Totally. See us live, for example. I think we want the music to bring you to a height, you know, like yeah. Yeah. some kind of like climactic, like cinematic like largeness, you know, and I, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's really like death metals MO most of the time. Uh, it, it has other concerns. So I don't know if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, no, I'd say, I'd say it's typically not. I mean, there's bands certainly like yourselves that, that go for that, but, but largely no, I mean, and not nothing against anybody. It's just, totally. that's I just like to, to the question is that's, I think that's, you, you, I mean, you, you did a great job articulating what I think. Uh, I was pretty on the nose with everything you said there. I just, I'm not able to <laughs> put the words together like, like you did. Uh, it's interesting you. that you feel it's this cool. though, you know, that you're like, you feel this way. You don't necessarily have like language that you can put to it, but that you do feel like it, it it's on some other path, which uh, I think is interesting. Like we don't, you don't always have to be able to describe it to be able to hear that. Right. 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 Well, there's, I mean, there's, there's always been certain things, certain bands where I always feel like they don't fit in, the thing that they're labeled as, but you understand why they are and like, it makes sense too, but it just feels like they're just, you know, it's a square peg round hole, whatever. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's, it's kind of saying the same thing several different ways. See, I always get tripped up when I'm talking about death metal, specifically death metal. That's technical because then I say something like, I don't like technical death metal, which is clearly not true because some of my favorite death metal is very technical, but I don't like shit that's considered called like tech death, yeah. so called tech death. I'm probably out, you know, but if, if you're playing like technical death metal or whatever, whatever the term works, it's just, it's, it is up my alley and horrendous to me is one of those bands, but you guys now, I guess it's been 2009. You said you started. So 14 years. Is that it? We'll say 15 just cause that's an easier number. Yeah. Get, get um, in, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you feel like you've met the bar for your expectations? Like, to, did this go farther than you were intending, expecting? You know, when we were doing this in the first place, it was obviously, we just liked playing music together. And, you know, Matt and I wanted to keep doing it. And then Damon came into the fold and that we were just doing it for fun. And then, you know, seeing that someone was willing to like put out a physical copy of our albums, we're like, oh shit, this is really fun. We got to keep doing this. So it was really just for fun forever. And, you know, you never think you're going to be on tours or like playing festivals and stuff. Um, certainly never expected that. So being able to do these kinds of things, just having interest from a variety of people, is like something you never kind of expect to happen per se, you know, mm -hmm. again, especially when we were doing this in the, in the first place, like, I feel like right now we're at this like high point of metal popularity, which is great. Like again, when we were doing this in the early, earlier years, I think it was much more of a more underground than it even is now. Like the people just didn't, there wasn't just, there's just the interest just wasn't there, you know? So it's right. like, I couldn't have imagined doing a two week tour back then. So I was like, who would even come to the shows? You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's, yeah, you know, this is way past anything we expected. And I think we all feel very um, lucky to have been able to experience this. And I, we're trying to 
enjoy it and capitalize on it as much as we can right now while we still have the opportunity because you never know what life will throw at you right so mm-hmm. yeah i i have to say like i feel very similar as a person who like my vision of where metal could be like i had my work my vision of metal was split in two which is like there was a local scene which was in my hometown in Westchester and Downingtown. There was like a very, very small metal scene. And those people were playing those bands who I hung out with. It was a big deal for me to go. Like I felt like I was going to a big show when I would go to like the school of rock down the street from my neighborhood that was doing shows like after hours. And to me, that was like, that's huge. Like if I could do that someday, which I ended up doing as a teenager, I'd be like, I made it, you know, like, because to me, like going to Trocadero, going to TLA and seeing these bigger bands, like this was unthinkable. Like, this is the, the, and, and my interest in playing music never stemmed from wanting to like be at that place just because I didn't think it was possible. You know what I mean? Right. Like playing on a big stage or touring, you know, it's just sort of like, yeah, that's just like for a special echelon of human being. And that's fine. I just really like playing guitar. I really like writing music. I really like hanging out with my friends. Like I don't feel more joy than when I'm playing music. And so like, you know, for me, like just playing in these local bands when I was a kid and being able to like record some songs, like recording in Carson studio, as I was telling you like earlier today in Lancaster, like that was like, that was like a dream come true, you know? And then I ended up getting hired to do tour, fill, fill in for like some really shitty tours. I mean, they were great, but they were like, you know, DIY tours Right, right. later on. So every moment that I, and ever since joining Horrendous, like from the first show, I was like, this is so far beyond my expectations that like, I just feel very grateful to be able to do it. And, and I wonder what there is to say about people who do this, like not to plot, to get to a certain place. Like, I think that's true for all of us in Horrendous. Like we've always just like really liked making music. And that's kind of yeah. like the drive as opposed to like a vision of being at a certain place. And I think we oh, there's almost like an inverse relationship to it as well, where it's like now that we're at this place, I think that maybe there's a little bit of a fire in all of us to some degree to be like, wow, like we're really excited about the new album. I think we're all super proud of it and really excited to share it with everyone. And we feel like we're at the height of our abilities. And it's like, oh, like maybe we could do like, even though we never thought it was possible, like maybe we could do more, you know? Right, right. It's almost like you start thinking that way at this point, as opposed to like, being at the beginning and like seeing something off in the distance that you're chasing, you know? Yeah. I, th- I sometimes think that when I think when there's a high turnover rate of members in a band, like in this case, there's not right with you guys is that it's often like the unbalanced, like you have that one or two per people in the band that's like, I want to drive this thing to be as successful in this realm as possible. And then they're just kind of rotating through other people who have varying degrees of interest in that and and that makes it almost harder to do but like when it's a slow and consistent build not slow so it's not the word i mean but you know when it's a consistent build like you guys uh 14 years this will be the fifth full length right Uh, as far as i know not a you should celebrate yourself every day but some days you should celebrate with jewelry Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. 
BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hana touring, but definitely touring, right? You know, just like, and keeping largely the same people in the band. And then like, you realize how, how much works. And it just seems like such a, I don't want to say safer, but it is safer. Uh, just a better way, just like a better, more mature way to operate as a band. And then like, you know, to go, okay, maybe this can be something more. Maybe that's all this is. And I think it sounds like either way, that's fine. Mm -hmm. This album, the fifth, like I said, the fifth album, Ontological Mysterium, August 18th. I was going to say, it seems like that's a long way out, but it's not. We're in fucking <laughs> July already. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So tell me, because I haven't heard the whole record yet. I've only heard the singles. So uh, typically when I'm talking to somebody about a new record, I've, I've already heard it a few times. So can you tell me what to expect on this record? Is there any notice, noticeable differences between this and I'll say the last record idle? It's awesome that you heard the singles. Uh, I'm excited for you as a person who's only heard the singles and hasn't heard the record. I'm excited for everyone in this way, because I think like, I, there are two main things that come to mind in terms of like what this record has to offer. And I think like, you know, like the band has explored a lot of different territories, like from Ectasis onward, mm -hmm. you know, I feel like it's kind of just been a slow blossoming into new possibilities and also trying to find a way to like harness all of that in like the most coherent way possible. And I feel like with idol, we've been talking a lot in these interviews about sort of like, the fact that that was our first record as an ensemble of the four mm -hmm. of us, and that that brought a lot of new energies into the table. And maybe we were, we had so much to work with that it was actually like, it's like that record's kind of very claustrophobic and compressed. And there's like every song feels like it has almost everything that each individual song has to offer, you know, kind of like right. there's like all of the territories being explored at once. And I feel like on this record, we've sort of like, it feels like we've taken, we've looked to the past in, and we've looked to the future at the same time and we've been able to like distill it in a way that is like more coherent, more fun, somehow still more variety than idle. Uh, mm. so I feel like the singles are just like a taste of the different kind of environments that people are going to sort of hear on the entire record. Um, and at the same time, I think that it's like, there's more space. There's, there's more, I feel like the high points are higher. Like the, the, there's, like I was saying, there's a lot of difference on the album. Like it's hard to choose singles in this situation because, you know, like maybe there are people out there that are, I've heard Call of Shadow and, uh, and the title track and being like, oh, like this is what to expect from the record. But when they hear the intro and track one to the album, you know, I think they're going to be quite surprised uh because it you know it's like it's almost an entirely different world to some degree but like but coherent you know like right, not right. just throwing darts at the wall so i i think like i don't know i think it's more fun i think it's more high flying i think and it's also more ambitious and the third single's coming out in a couple weeks i think and i think people are going to be shocked when they hear that because again i think they probably have an idea of how things are going with the first two singles and this third one is like 
a much shorter, like hyper melodic, um, kind of atmospheric song that's like gonna feel out of left field, I think, versus the other two. So I'm I'm excited because yeah. you know, people you see comments posted like, oh, I this song's I don't know about this new direction, or like, oh, this song's weird. I don't know what to think about this, or I like the new direction, but then like every time another single comes out, you see other comments and like I think we've seen stuff like, oh, there's there's no where's all the melodic stuff they used to do. It's like, well, that's coming too. You just didn't hear it yet. It's in the other songs. So I'm excited for uh, people to hear that too. And I mean, frankly, hear the whole thing. It's so many years in the making. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I heard it got a little delayed, like everything over the last couple of years, but uh, is this the longest gap between records? Yeah, definitely. And I, we really were not intending for it to be that long. It was, if without COVID and a couple of other factors, it probably would have been like three years tops since Idol, mm-hmm. um, which would have put it probably like 2021. Uh, if if we were living in a world where COVID didn't happen and some other some other life events, so right. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, whenever we do another record, it won't be that long again. <laughs> yeah. Well, I for one love when when bands do something new on their new record, which sounds like a pretty basic comment, but I'm very much looking forward to hearing this whole thing. And you're, you're a band that I like to listen to as albums. I mean, I'm like that with most bands, but specifically horrendous for sure. I want to listen front and back, front to back. I don't really want to do singles, you know, like, but that's, I think that's most things. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think like a lot of these songs are, you know, make even more sense. They're great songs, but they make even more sense. I think in the in the context of the record, we're, all, we're always very much trying to put together the album as like a cohesive piece, meant to be heard all the way through. It's this is not just a collection of songs. It's like painstakingly put together, such that everything flows. There's highs, there's lows, there's other certain parts complement other things. Like it's the whole thing is really meant to be the single piece in a way. That goes for really all of our records. So. I, you guys write people, like people chronologically? do listen to them all the way through, like as a piece, as opposed to just hearing tracks. I think it just it's meant to be heard that way for us, for sure. You're saying you're asking for you write chronologically from top. Yeah, to like if you like go, all right, here's the beginning of the record. Let's go. No, no, we we kind of have all these ideas that we're you know they're all, are all evolving simultaneously, and eventually we get to a point where they the pieces start to pop, fall together, and we're like, you know what, this would make a great introduction to the album. Be, it, the next song would be cool if it had like a little bit higher energy. So this one would like stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So yeah. it's not really intentional until we get to the, until we get toward the end of the process and all the songs are mostly finished. That's when we start to, you know, take this stuff into account. Yep. Do you, do you have any sequencing preferences? Like you want the uh, song that uh, is maybe a single at this track is that, do you want a, I want a long song beginning a side B and decide A, whatever. Like, do, do you yeah, guys not, do any of that? Not type really. Of stuff? Not really. Um, funny enough, most of the singles from this album are on side two, which I think is pretty atypical. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think this, both of the ones that are out are on side two. And I think this last single is maybe the end of side one. I think that's true. Yeah. So it's like, they're just the songs we felt would make good standalone singles, you know, representative of us in a good way. For whatever reason, I don't know. Um, so yeah, we we uh, I wouldn't say there's any particular sequencing formula that we follow. It's just whatever mm-hmm. feels right is what we do. Yeah. Well, the record, like I said, I'll say it again. It comes out August 18th. Season of Missed Records. Uh, I ask everybody this: 
what are you most excited about for the release of this record? I mean, for me, honestly, I have never been this excited to share a, a piece of metal music that I've worked on. I've done a bunch in my lifetime and I've, I don't know. I've, I don't think I've ever been prouder and like more excited just to be able to share it with people. Um, it's like, it just feels, I, the kind of metal that I dreamed of being able to make one day that was like, had parts of it that are representative of like the most classic parts of the metal histories that I love. And that also are like daring to do things that maybe we don't even know if they're going to work, but you know, like, you know, like taking risks. That's always, was always the dream for me. You know, like I was, a, I was a huge death and cynic and like atheist fan as a, as a teenager. And like, yeah, like, I feel like this is it. Like this is, this was, it's literally my dream come true, I think. So like I, uh, an idol felt like that too, but I just feel like this is just a step, a step up and, mm -hmm. and it just feels, yeah, I just want people to hear the music. That's like legitimately the thing I'm most excited for, I think, um, by far. Yeah, same. And I, you know, especially cause we're in, like I said, we're in this time of like super high interest in metal in general and a lot of, you know, newer death metal bands. And I think, this almost feels like a bit of a comeback record for us. Not because we ever stopped, but like, because it's been so damn long since we put anything out. Mm -hmm. um, so I think a lot of people are going to be kind of really hearing us for the first time. Um, yeah. And I think I'm excited for that and to see what they think. Cause I mean, there's a pretty big field of bands out there and I think we're potentially offering people some comparatively shocking things, I think musically. <laughs> Um, I'm excited to just see reactions like good and bad. I don't know. Uh, I think just the culture around it is so big now. And the, the, the level of internet discussion is so big. I'm just curious to see what, what the hell people say. Cause I think there's a lot of like, one could say there's a lot of wild stuff on the record. So, um, you know, I just want to hear, I just want to hear responses good and bad. And I'm, you know, I'll, I'll, I imagine I'll get a kick out of it. Yep. And so I'm also excited for that. I'm excited for the critiques, you know, like mm -hmm. I, and like seeing, you know, I, I've, Jamie and I have talked a little bit about like being a band that seems to like always exist in like a seeming state of controversy. You know, like there's people who are like, I wish they'd go back to using HM2 pedals and like write another record like The Chills. And there's like other people who heard us for the first time on Isle and like, you know, who have reached out being like, you're my favorite metal band, you know, like, and who have no interest in The Chills. And it's like, it's actually kind of fun to to be in that space. And like, I don't know, my, like the arrogant hope in my deep heart is like being like, you know, controversy means we're making something good, you know, yeah. uh, like it's, it's keep, it's, it's keeping people questioning, like, which is, I think something that we at least are a little bit interested in doing, you know, like mm -hmm. just trying to like keep people's ears, not just sitting in the same place, you know, like you not, you, you can't listen without like, you know, your attention's being high. So yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking forward, even people that like might not like it at all. I'm actually like really excited to hear about like what people had to say in that. Yeah. That's cool. It sounds like you guys are in a great space about it. Um, I'm excited for it. I mean, I've said that a couple of times, but I, uh, but I really am. And what the, the way you're talking about it now has me even more looking forward to hearing it. Jamie, you mentioned something that I found interesting about uh, basically this will be, this could be the first time a lot of people 
uh, hear horrendous people. A lot of people got into this shit over the last few years when you couldn't do anything else. So their right. first exposure is going to be now like think of the fucking pandemic. When it's all that shit shut down, my daughter was seven. Right. And in first grade or something, I don't know, maybe I'm getting that wrong, but now she's just turned 10 and she's going into fifth grade, you know, like, so like, like, like time, there's a lot of fucking a two year time period. A lot of shit can happen. The, especially younger people, they go in and out of these trends. I have them because we have a 16 year old too. that We see like right. how quickly they come and go with yeah. this stuff. So like there could be a lot of people for the first time getting into this. And what's cool is that you're about to go out on tour right before you drop that. You're actually going on tour tomorrow. Uh, July 3rd is the start tomorrow. So we're just leaving to drive down to the South tomorrow, but July 6th in Houston is, is the first date. Yeah. Close enough then. So uh, 13 dates, I think to the Southwest, Mm -hmm. which I don't know if you guys have checked the weather, but that seems like a uh, terrible idea. But yeah, check <laughs> the weather. It's, <laughs> does not look good. Not yeah. It's, Hopefully, I, the van has a functioning air conditioner, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a crazy dive into the gates of hell. I think. Well, is this the first tour you've done in a while? Yeah, we we've done a couple like shorter runs, <laughs> not nothing more than like four days in a number of years, and. uh We've just been really wanting to do a longer tour. And this this was a good opportunity um, that came up and we got help from some a promoter in Texas and a promoter in California that kind of helped us put this whole thing together. Um, and it, you know, it'll it'll feel like a nice run up to the album. It's almost like a album tour to support the album right as it's coming out, which is right. kind of fun. Yeah, totally. We, I mean, we were going to tour right before the pandemic hit. We had like a, a leg of a tour uh, that Cloak was supposed to join us. Our label mates were supposed to come with us and it got canceled. It was like, like, was it, what was it like March or April? April? That I think it was April 2020. And it's, and it, it's one of those things where like, you know, we started to get emails from the promoters like, all right, let's like, we might not be able to do the show, but like, let's try to, maybe we can push it off like a month and we'll try then. <laughs> you know, obviously became fruitless <laughs> pretty quickly. It's like, Shows were going to be happening for some time, but it's very sad. That was our first. That would have been our first tour in a long time, and it just didn't happen because it was like right at the start of COVID. Um, but I think we we miss it. We had some great times on the longer tours we've done in the past, and I think we want to make a concerted effort, you know, with this album cycle to do more of these tours just to put in. And we, we're our lives are such that we can't just tour all the time. Like it's between the four of us with our jobs and lives as they're you know maturing we just can't we can't be on the road all the time but i think we want to make a concerted effort to like set aside chunks and like we really want people to hear this record on the road and to see us on the road it's been so long and we have a great time doing it and i feel like when people see us play live they even more so like will get what we are trying to do as a band i think it probably becomes even more clear totally yeah, I think it's a big part of it that maybe we don't talk about enough is that like I think coming to see us live is like a pretty significant part of the musical experience. And like the only way you get to share that is if you head out. And uh I think we're all itching to do it. And I'm also really excited, like we're playing some like pretty small joints like along the way in Texas. And like I'm excited about that. I think like there will be people who really appreciate that. And like we like being able to like hang and not have to deal with like 
venue bureaucracy stuff all the time. So it's going to be like, I think it's actually like going to be an exciting time. You know? Yeah, a lot of them are going to be pretty intimate in places that, frankly, we probably won't ever play again. And that's just being realistic. Like, mm-hmm. how often am I going to play in Santa Rosa, California? Like, that's not somewhere you hit on every tour, you know? So <laughs> right. I think there'll be something to be said. I mean, we're playing bigger shows too, in like Oakland and LA, for example, and Houston. But there, I think there's going to be some interesting or like a nice atmosphere to these intimate shows that we're doing as well. On yeah. this run. <clears throat> Come hang with us if you're around. Right. Please do. <laughs> I don't know when we'll be back, so you better come out. <laughs> well, I guess, I guess that leads me to what will probably be my last question. And that is after that, you have, you have a tour, you have the album release, anything else that's publicly on the horrendous calendar? Yeah, not right now. I think we're going to be probably look at doing maybe a shorter thing later in the year. Um, mm-hmm. We still need to, there's some planning that needs to happen um, for that. And we're definitely, starting to think about the, the year ahead, 2024, um, again, some more us runs, but also, uh, we're very interested in getting into Europe. And I think that's the kind of stuff that you need to plan, like probably in the fall this year. So we're already starting to talk about that kind of a thing. And, you know, outside of shows, <clears throat> I would say that there are some other exciting things on the horizon, just in terms of like little things we have planned, like, you know, outlets that, are going to be sharing some of our stuff and you know, like things for people to get excited about that are not necessarily just shows. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely some, I would say some big things coming very soon. Um, but yeah, we're definitely scheming for the future. Having lives are very complicated. Uh, just personal lives, jobs. I'm in college uh, as a 30 year old. So <laughs> like this is all, and I'm, and I'm in New York. So all these things are happening, but we got our eye on the prize for sure. We're going to make it work somehow. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, guys, the new album's great. Hey, even the new promo pictures from Scott Kincaid are great. Yeah, shout awesome. out to Scott Kincaid, man. A lot of fun. We love that guy. And he I feel like he knows he's on the same wavelength with us in terms of what you know, what we want to do in terms of an image, a visual image for the band. Like he can capture what we're about pretty well, I think. So the kindred heart, kindred spirit. Yeah, he's the man.
So there you have it. That was my conversation with Jamie and Alex of Horrendous. The song you just heard was Cult of Shadow. That's the second single off Ontological Mysterium coming out August 18th, courtesy of Season of Mist Records. You can pre-save, you can pre-order, you can pre-do whatever you want to do for that record. It's coming no matter what. Be ready for it. Highly anticipate it if you aren't already. Seems like it's going to be worth the wait. I'm excited for it. I, like you, haven't heard it all yet. I've only heard these two tracks as we talked about, and that's reason enough for excitement. Again, Cult of Shadow, that is out now. There's actually a lyric video for that, so if you want to dig a little deeper on that track, check it out. I should have mentioned previously that the title track, Ontological Mysterium has a visualizer, which is pretty trippy. Uh, So go to YouTube and see what Horrendous is doing there. As far as I can tell, not much of a music video band, and that's fine with me because I'm not much of a music video man, uh, which feels like a certain type of person that I am not, emphatically not. I don't know why I'm planting my flag down on that, but I am. I sure am. Anyway, I want to thank Alex and Jamie for taking the time to talk to me on a Sunday afternoon, right around lunchtime. And uh, it was a good timing for me, worked out for them. And they are now uh, about to go out on tour, as we talked about, in the Southwest, Texas, California, the places in between. Check them out if they're in your area. As they mentioned, it might be the only time you'll get to see them in places like Santa Rosa, California. So take advantage of it. Uh, I feel a little, uh, uh, what's the word? Um, I feel a little uh, hmm, spoiled that they are, I don't want to say a local band here, but uh, from the general area. So seeing horrendous isn't as uh, difficult for me to do. But for the people out there in that corner of the country, jump on it, do it, go check it out. And uh, if you missed out, don't worry because you'll be able to listen to the new record again. August 18th on Season of Mist Records. That's going to be it for this one, this episode of the podcast, I should say. I got a lot of interviews lined up this week, some returning guests, some not, but all good. And uh, covering every different genre of music I like. This, this week it's death metal, it's noise rock, it's doom, sludge, it's hardcore, and it's crossover and it's grind. Actually, that's a so it's a lot. I got a lot of interviews happening this week. Some of those bands blur the lines, but you get the you get the idea. You get the picture. Uh, maybe even some deathcore too. How about that? We'll see. Keep an eye out. Uh, but you can do that best by going to gettingitout.net every single day, seeing what's happening there. I took uh, some free time this weekend and used it to update a lot of news on the site, get things uh, back in order, if you will. So please go check out what's happening there. One of the things I did was post a video for the track I'm going to play you now. This is another season of Mist Artists. They are based out of Belgium and they are a death metal band. They're called Carnation. If you know anything about them, their last record was phenomenal. Really uh, awesome. Uh, you can just call it brutal death metal, but it's a little bit more than that. And this track is way more than that. This is cursed mortality. It's nearly eight minutes long. I was going to have it open the episode, but I figured that's too much. So I opted for filth is eternal, a quick one. And uh, I'm going to end this with a long one. Again, this album, this track, sorry, is seven and a half minutes long. It's cursed mortality. It's from the Belgian death metal unit. 
Carnation. They got a new record coming out soon on Season of Mist. Here it is. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.